You're listening to KBOO Portland, 90.7 FM, K282BH Philomath on 104.3 FM, and K220HR Hood River on 91.9 FM. The time is 8.59. Next up is Fight the Empire. Well, good morning. This is this is Per Fagring hosting Fight the Empire for June first, twenty twenty two. Well, the uh, in the news today is that the uh, European Union uh, uh, says it will punish Russia for its invasion of uh, of uh, Ukraine. By the way, it will punish Russia is it won't buy their oil, and this has been called embargo light. And uh, Senator Lindsey Graham, a uh, nitwit from South Carolina, he has a, a stronger solution. His solution would be to assassinate uh, Russian President Vladimir Putin. Uh, meanwhile, the uh, the price of uh, oil rises uh, has gone up to $123 a barrel, the last I heard, and that is the highest since March. And Russia has plenty of other customers for its oil. So this is a uh, kind of a chancy situation for uh, uh, trying to resolve some uh, some real-world difficulties. Uh, you might ask, uh, uh, how did we get here? And so uh, this wouldn't be a bad time to uh, take a look at the map. Uh, Ukraine is... Uh, if you look at it on on a map, it's kind of uh, <laughs> to me it resembles a uh, kind of like a fried egg with two yolks, and uh, one yolk is the uh, are the ethnic Ukrainians, and they sort of occupy the uh, the west and the north of Ukraine, and on the other the other uh, yoke is the uh, ethnic Russians who occupy the uh, south and the east and uh, it's a divided country and in a case like that it's sort of split 50-50 at least it was at one time Uh, the only thing to do is you either get along with each other find a way to work out uh, uh, representation and everything or else uh, you uh, split apart and uh, go go separate ways. And uh, right now it's like uh, the rather rather split apart. Uh, you have these two uh, two sides are trying to uh, sort of uh, rule the rule the entire nation 
without considering the views of the other side. Uh, if people want to call in with questions or comments, uh, the number to call is 503-231-8187. Well, you might ask, how uh, how did we get here? Uh, it actually began, uh, began a uh, back in... Uh, I believe it was 2014 when um, when the Ukrainians uh, overthrew an elected president, uh, uh, Viktor Yanukovych, who was uh, he had been elected, and he uh, about half a a good portion of the population felt he was uh, he was too friendly with Russia. Although the other the other portion elected him were probably okay with that, they probably uh, thought it might be a good idea to be uh, on on reasonable terms with uh, with your next door neighbor, especially one so powerful as Russia. So uh, Yanukovych was overthrown. These are the so-called uh, uh, Maidan uh, revolution in which uh, basically uh, people in the streets uh, uh, who may or may not represent a majority of the voters in the country uh, overthrew an elected president and he uh, he moved to Russia. So there we go. Ukraine has been in this uh, kind of untenable situation ever since. So... Uh, Right, according to according to Russians, uh, a lot of uh, when the Russians talk, the Russians talk about Nazis in the Ukraine government, and uh, which is poo-pooed by uh, voices in the West. Although there is no doubt that there are some Ukrainian Nazis involved in this, we don't know exactly how many. It may be a very small minority, but there are some. Uh, so that is a, a situation in Ukraine just kind of uh, bubbles along, and it could uh, it could get worse at any time. And uh, to me, the best thing to do would be for for uh, everybody to kind of uh, kind of uh, take a deep breath and learn to get along with each other because. Uh, the situation calls for, uh, like I said before, either uh, learning to live with each other and respect each other's uh, uh, rights and uh, concerns, or else uh, go the separate ways. Uh, in the past, uh, the borders of Ukraine have uh, had changed considerably over the centuries. Uh, Ukraine has been a lot smaller than it is now, and. Uh, it uh, could be that way in the future. Uh, the question is, uh, do countries, uh, there are kind of like two two uh, particular principles involved here. One is the uh, sort of sacred borders principle, that uh, once borders are uh, are, are set, they, uh, they cannot be unset. The other is uh, uh, sort of the, uh, the, uh, People's uh, people's uh, desires. If people want to split apart or uh, separate into smaller uh, 
countries, why not? What is so, what is so, uh, what is so wrong about that? But uh, the way things are going right now, it's um, Ukraine is being used as kind of like a a football between the West and uh, Russia. So it's. Uh, it does not look very promising unless uh, unless the uh, this kind of political gamesmanship ends. If people want to call in with a question or a comment, uh, people, how do you feel? What, what is your uh, what is your view of what's going on in Ukraine right now? Marcos is on the line. We have somebody on the line. Good morning. Uh, good morning, Pear. Yes. Uh- YouTube just recently banned and then shortly thereafter unbanned the famous uh, Victoria Newland Jeffrey Pyatt uh, conversation, mm-hmm. uh, which people know when she's going F the EU and mm-hmm. we need to do this thing and, and Yachts is the guy. Um, we could consider that as the, the Pruder film of the Maidan coup. Uh, <laughs> With the exception that the Zapruder film was shot in real time at JFK's assassination. And I just realized that the conversation between Undersecretary of State Victoria Newland and the American ambassador actually happened a couple of weeks before the massacre at Maidan, before the, the, the coup took place. Oh, really? Yeah, it's, it's amazing to me. I mean, unless I'm wrong, please correct me. But the, the timing I'm seeing is, is that that was actually a couple of weeks. Uh, it was February 7th is the date I'm seeing when I when I Googled it up and, and got it on. Sorry, when I retrieved it from YouTube, it said February 7th. And the, the actual mm-hmm. uh, coup was, was a couple of weeks after that. Mm-hmm. Um, right, okay. But this what? is uh, Victoria Newland is married to Robert Kagan. Uh, one of the principal neocons. Uh, neocons were f- famous 20 years ago to the public because they were the uh, most enthusiastic supporters of regime change in Iraq. And, and, and they were the ones that were promoting the, the Iraq invasion 20 mm-hmm. years ago. Uh, regime change is, is one of the things that the neocons like to do. And Victoria Newland said that they'd spent uh, five billion dollars prior to Maidan, uh, uh, in what would, in American terms, be considered interfering with the, their election. Although we would call that uh, democracy promotion. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, well, I don't. Oh, please. You, you see any way out of it? How do you? How, how would you resolve the situation? Well, we'll get to that. I mean, the, the the resolution has always been negotiations, and the United States has been very adamantly opposed to ne- negotiations and has been urging, uh, urging Zelensky to stiffen his position to say that he will only talk to the Russians, essentially, if, if Ukraine achieves all of its objectives, that it, w- it, it will, uh, it would require a Russian capitulation in order for Zelensky to talk. Uh, but I, I wanted just to talk about the information environment that we're now in. Uh, Noam Chomsky has recently said that this is the worst he's ever seen. 
in terms of public discourse around pressing issues of international importance, that, that, that there really is no space for discussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there's, there was an old joke from the Soviet Union era where uh, an American finds himself seated on a plane bound for New York, the transatlantic flight from Europe, and they're chatting, and the American asks the Russian what he's doing, and the Russian says, oh, I'm going to America to study your propaganda systems. And the American looks at him and goes, what propaganda systems? And the Russian goes, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, we're now in an environment where I've, I've tried to talk to, to people that I, I know that I've been out of touch with and bring up the subject of Ukraine. And I'll try to broach the subject very carefully. And I'll just say I'm, I'm really unhappy about the lack of conversation, about the lack of, of discussion or debate around issues of this importance. And they'll look at me without any understanding at all of what I'm talking about, as if what is there to discuss? What is there? There's nothing. It's as if everything was already settled. It's a done deal. Um, that that there is no real opening uh, for discussion. That you have to go to the margins of the internet to find various independent journalists and commentators to get any information. Uh, it's not being shared with with the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they just fired the the uh, uh, somebody in uh, the Ukrainian uh, uh, spokesperson on, on human rights, apparently, who had been making all sorts of charges of uh, uh, rape by Russian soldiers in Ukraine, including things like two Russian soldiers rape a baby and the baby dies and every, every possible claim you could imagine, none of which with evidence provided, uh, Caitlin Johnstone was pointing out that they can basically uh, say anything they want. If, it's, if it makes the Russians look bad, that's a news story doesn't need any confirmation, doesn't need any corroboration, no investigation, no evidence. Every, every salacious charge that they can uh, uh, accuse the Russians of, that's part of our news cycle. Well, weren't some uh, of these charges recently falsified, I believe? Well, there, there's, there's no reason to believe any of them is true. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there, they, they, there's no evidence brought to mm-hmm. us. I thought one um, of them was definitely disproven. Yeah. I found I've, um, I've read something about that very recently. Think of it this way, though: that the taint of the charge still carries over after the charge is proven. Uh, there was years spent telling us that Trump had colluded with Putin to steal the election. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a thorough investigation, which has now borne fruit. There was no collusion. There was no evidence to, to support that. But that was kicked down the road for four years by people like Rachel Maddow and and most of the American media uh, establishment. Now that it's been disproven, it doesn't mean that that, Putin's okay again in in the the minds of the American public. The taint is already there. He's he's been uh, described as a scoundrel for, for stealing election, and disproving that accusation only goes so far. So the, the demonization of, of Putin continues, the demonization of Russia continues. In the American mind, it's, 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 it, there's already a, a, a foundation of, 
disbelief. Why, why, why would we trust Putin? Why would we, we listen to any Russian concerns? And one thing I wonder about, do you think this has gotten worse uh, under Biden or not? Well, again, under, 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 according to Chomsky, this is the worst he's ever seen. Mm-hmm. So this, this in, information environment that we're experiencing is the worst. Um, it's, 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 it's so thorough that people don't even know that there's any, any controversy. Um, so, which is pretty effective if you want to uh, maintain thought control for a nation. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a, a huge effort to paper over the Nazi problem. Uh, the Azov Battalion just changed their logo from what they used to have as the the Wolf's Angel and a notorious SS symbol, which is on their uniforms, one of their patches. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just changed it. And there was an article in uh, the uh, UK Times, the the London Times, saying the Azov changed their symbol uh, as, as a response to Russian propaganda efforts to exploit this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I, don't, I doubt if the Azov Italian has changed their, uh, their outlook or their political agenda, uh, changed their symbolism, but... Uh... <laughs> no, I, it's, it's mm-hmm. as if they used a smiley face instead of a swastika. <laughs> it doesn't mm-hmm. really change things. Mm-hmm. Um, the the nature of what Ukraine is today, if if I had to give one simple example that we're not seeing, but every Ukrainian knows this, uh, and and most many Europeans know this, uh, there's a custom in Ukraine now of wrapping people to street lamps using uh, 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 plastic film to to wrap uh, 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 people to street lamps so that they're basically in a, in a cocoon and they can't move. Sometimes their pants are pulled down. Uh, this happens to both men and women. Sometimes their faces are painted green with uh, uh, a- antiseptic uh, green uh, 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 medical supply that, that they use. Uh, people are treated this way if they're caught speaking Russian, Russian the Russian language has been banned in, in Western Ukraine. Uh, people are treated this way if they're Roma people, that is to say gypsies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people are, are, that are accused of thievery are treated this way. Well, this is a form of public ridicule that happens on major street thoroughfares. It's documented on, on cell phones. It's put up on Ukrainian television as a form of entertainment. Um, this isn't decisive in terms of international relations, but it, it gives uh, some idea of the flavor of, of Ukrainian society in, in Kiev uh, that Americans aren't going to hear about because the, the image of Ukraine has been so processed. Uh, the, the propaganda system, which is, has tamped down the Nazi aesthetics and, and pumped up the Zelensky superhero aesthetics uh that's 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 ruled the narrative mm-hmm. um the fact that uh you ukraine has the sbu which has been described as essentially a gestapo that their methodology is so brutal 
that a, a French journalist, uh, Laurent uh, Braillard, who spent quite a bit of time in the Donbass area, he would be interviewing people that had been held captive by the SBU, and they described torture uh, very much similar to what you'd expect the Nazis were doing 80 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the earliest people that he talked to, somebody who had been arrested not that long after Maidan, describes being arrested by the SBU, and of the five people who were, who were handling him, four of them were English speakers. They only mm. spoke English, and they, they would seem to be the torture experts. Mm. Uh, the idea, what I'm, what I'm trying to get to here, is that Maidan and the coup d'etat apparently was already seen as a done deal by Undersecretary uh, Victoria Newland. That the idea that they would have uh, American advisors, torture advisors in this case, on the scene that quickly. Um, it's, it's not that there was a period of chaos, it seems, in 2014, and it took a while for things to shake out. It seemed as if it was what we called, uh, around the time of the Iraq invasion, democracy in a box. That, that we delivered a, a prefab uh, government to Ukraine in, in 2014. Um, that they've been very much uh, involved with NATO since 2014, and that there's been a constant war that most Americans have never heard of in the Donbass, which, which is primarily about uh, Ukraine, the Ukrainian side shelling uh, Russian-speaking cities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fourteen thousand people. Um, so the narrative. A lot, of, a lot of the news stories don't make that very clear either. Don't make which clear. Well, who is shelling who? But anyway, go go ahead with what you were saying. Well, that the, the uh, overall that the perception management that that there's been uh, 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 there's been a hot war for for. Since 2014, um, to put a fine point on it, uh, about eight days before the Russians actually crossed the border, there was an enormous buildup in the Donbass by the the Kiev regime, and they had sent in something like 40 to 100,000. I'm sorry, 60 to, to 100,000 troops. Uh, and they did increase their shelling, according to the European organization that monitors the conflict between the Donbass and the Kiev army. Uh, that that shelling had spiked upwards enormously. That it was it was uh, doubling, quadrupling, day by day, uh, to where it went from uh, uh, double-digit numbers to to incidents in the thousands of uh, shells being fired by the Ukrainian government into cities uh, in the Donbass region. Mm -hmm. So when people talk about Putin's uh, uh, unprovoked invasion, there there was a sense of urgency, as I'm understanding now, that the Ukrainian government was uh, mounting a major offensive against the Russian-speaking people in the Donbass, that that the uh, 
it, within days, that area might be overrun. Um, that the Kiev forces were, were very much, were poised to overwhelm those defending the uh, Russian-speaking uh, areas. Uh, well, I think we once. I think one thing to keep in mind is that. Uh, well, I, I would say the the Russian invasion. Uh, I was certainly provoked. Whether it was justified is another question. But uh, I think one thing to keep reminding ourselves is that at one time uh, Ukraine was a, uh, a much more peaceful place, and you had an elected president, uh, Viktor Yanukovych, who was getting along with the Russians and elected by. Uh, why a majority in Ukraine, and he was uh, driven out of office by these uh, street rioters, and that was back in uh, 2014, I believe, and it's just sort of gotten worse ever since. So I think that's one thing to keep in mind that we should all keep, uh, keep in mind that uh, you know there's a prelude to all this that's going on now. Yeah, yeah, no, there was there was. There was no real need for this at all. I mean, that's uh, every step of the way. We, we you can look at it and go, this this, this was entirely avoidable. Um, we've had lots and lots of, of experts on the subject, Americans with deep background in international diplomacy that were experts on the region. Um, we've mentioned a couple of them. There, there was Professor Stephen Cullen. Uh, there was John Mersheimer. Uh, Chaz Freeman. Uh, now we have Henry Kissinger, who actually is on the right side of this one, uh, in my mind, that he's, he's actually counseling uh, restraint and caution and mm -hmm. uh, uh, compromise on the part of the Zelensky regime. Um, we had um, our, our current CIA director uh, years ago was, was advising against uh, NATO encroachment on on Ukraine. Um, there's a long, long history of Americans uh, telling us that you, a NATO expansion to Russia's border would be a, a recipe for disaster. Mm -hmm. um, so between what all of our uh, um, dipl diplomatic experts, professors, uh, all our specialists on the region, what, what the wise men that have, have counseled us, what, what they've said between the smoking gun conversation between Victoria Newland and the American ambassador, actually choosing the next president of Ukraine beforehand, um, we have kind of all of the evidence we would need marshaled on our side to make an argument that would completely disprove the dominant narrative that most Americans hear. Mm -hmm. But they've done such an effective job at perception management. Um, Caitlin Johnson, again, she, she's writing out of Australia. She's very good on this. She yeah, says, can you, where can people find her writing? Just uh, look at uh, Caitlin Johnstone, J-O-H-N-S-T-O-N-E, She's got a Twitter account. She's very busy on Twitter. Mm -hmm. um, I'd also like to mention, because that's a very good question, is everything I'm telling you is, is stuff that I've picked up by reading these people. And um, three of the people that I've found the most informative are retired American senior officers. Uh, Colonel Douglas McGregor, 
is excellent. He's been on Tucker Carlson a couple of times. Mm -hmm. uh, former United Nations Chief Weapons Inspector uh, Scott Ritter. He's excellent. He's He's been doing a, quite a bit of interviews on this. He lost his Twitter account because uh, he was giving a narrative that was countering the dominant narrative, and, and he was canceled. Uh, another one is, is Colonel Richard Black. He's also Senator Richard Black. Um, these are people who uh, are, are right of center. They're conservative people, but they're professional military people that give a very... Uh, honest assessment of the military situation and the political situation in the region. Uh, Aaron Mate, who was uh, a co-producer or, or on the staff of uh, Democracy Now! for many years, uh, he's been doing very good research, as has the Gray Zone. Um, there are people all over the world that actually are doing a good job of, of disseminating this information. Uh, another site is called Gritty is the Way. Uh, very good. Um, ignorance, the root of all evil, uh, the, the root and, and branch of all evil. It's a strange site, but they... Well, we're getting near the, the end of our, uh, our time. Oh. Uh, I w there's a lot, of, a lot of information that is not generally... Um, out in the out in the public sphere, but it, it, it is there to, for people to want to do a little digging. You can find it. Uh, you can uh, read up on these people, and uh, so I really recommend doing that. Uh, there is uh, seems to me a whole lot that we are generally not being told by the mainstream media. So uh, anyway, I want to thank you very much for calling in with that information, and. Uh, I want to say to our listeners, uh, do your own research. It's not that hard. There's uh, lots of uh, lots of uh, websites and uh, sources of information out there that generally don't get in the New York Times and the Washington Post, but uh, it is there and it's it is accessible and it uh, presents a picture of what's going on. Uh, Ukraine is such a uh, uh, a mess right now that uh, you know it's kind of very hard for people to uh, find a way through all the uh, you know 